What is up, Arizona? Welcome to the Arizona Small Ball Podcast, where we discuss one of the hidden gems in Arizona, high school basketball. Here we talk about everything small ball, and as coaches in the Valley, we understand that these guys don't get enough love or recognition. We talk about scores, coaches, teams, and players all at Arizona Small Ball. It is Wednesday, May 26, 2021. Reyes is here with me, as always, and it's officially at least for us, it's summer. I know that for some of you guys, you're finishing up. Uh, maybe you're grading finals. You're packing up your room. Whatever it is, just hang in there. You're almost done. Today, we have a 100% audience-created episode that would not be possible without our awesome athletes and coaches in Arizona Small Ball. We asked you guys to write into the show and tell us what you do to get yourself pumped up for games. Also, what some of your lucky rituals are. We got so much awesome feedback. We've really been putting this thing together for about three weeks. And, and we're really excited about it. Uh, before we get into it, though, we got to highlight some Arizona small ball players that signed to play some college ball. Reyes, it's been pretty crazy these last few weeks. Who are some of the main kids that signed this last few weeks? Coach, it was a crazy time since we last talked and spoke. A lot of commits in the small ball area. First, let's start off with Abigail Benali. She's from Ganado, transferred over to Holbrook. She committed to play basketball at Pittsburgh Greensburg. You know, shout out to you. Uh, we got Micaiah Shepard from Tuba City. She signed her letter of intent to go to Haskell University. That's awesome. And then, Coach, for the next recruits we talk about, this school did a heck of a job recruiting, showing love to the small ball players. That Northland goes out. Pioneer out. College. Woo! Coach, let me tell you, they went on a hunt for the small ball athletes. <laughs> they for they real just, did. They really did, which is so exciting. So just to name out some commits. We have Nick Harrison, which we all know who played for Coolidge. Tough, efficient score, you know, shifty, quick, can get it done. You know, that's going to be a really big pickup for Northland Pioneer. Following with him, he has his teammate, Cameron Stewart, also from Coolidge, tough player. They got Malik Bahi from Chinley, transferred over to Holbrook. They got Anthony Nelson from Holbrook. And now, Coach, we were able to see Anthony Nelson from time to time. This kid can shoot. Shout out to him. You know, great, great addition. They got Patrick Henderson from Snowflake, which is huge. Gershon Joe from Blue Ridge, Ramirez Tena Jeff from Alchese, and then Eugene Walker from Alchese. Coach, those are just some of the recruits that Northland Pioneer was able to pick up in the small ball. Coach Scotty really, and he's the man, he's really been helping us out with a lot of stuff. Shout outs to you, really showing love to Arizona small ball. You picked up some really great competitors. I think they're going to do really good this season. It's going to be fun to watch. I agree, definitely. I, one of our favorite things to do really is to highlight these kids. I mean, really, that's one of the main reasons that we started this podcast. Congratulations to all of you guys. Uh, you guys are going to kill it at the next level and girls. Uh, I hope it goes really, really good for you. But we're ready to jump into this episode that we're just excited about. This might seem kind of because, you know, the whole theme of this episode is pregame routines and lucky rituals. This might seem like a cliche thing to say, but it is so important to have a pregame routine set in place for yourself not just in high school but just period Reyes did you have any pregame routines or lucky rituals that you used to do before games in high school uh no not necessarily coach I don't think I had any pregame routines or lucky rituals I know some people have like a lucky sock or a lucky <laughs> t-shirt or a lucky undershirt that they wear under their jersey you know some people get a little out of hand with it but with me I was pretty just I guess like a my pregame snack which I always had if you had like an away game or something oh, like that. Oh, is this the rotisserie chicken? You used to eat a ro full rotisserie chicken before games. Oh, no, 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 I no. Forgot no. See, about coach, that. You know, 
<laughs> I love that we're playing jokes today on this episode. I love it. Uh, <laughs> but no, I did not eat rotisserie chicken. On the- or a pound of mac no. and cheese, huh? No, not a pound of mac and cheese <laughs> at all. It was just one. It was just one Rice Krispie bar. Okay, I like that. Something That's sweet. It. Nothing special. Just only on the only on away games, though. Never for home games. Home games, it was just straight to business. You know, you show up like an hour before the game, and you get to watch. You know, the te- other teams playing, like the girls' game and all that stuff. So other than that, just on the away game, just making sure I have my Rice Krispie treat. I actually in high school, I really didn't have a super. You know, I was thinking about this. I didn't have a really set in stone pregame routine. I did have some lucky socks, which you mentioned. Uh, I, I say I did have them. I still have them. You know, I whip them out from time to time when we got some big games. But, you know, yes, as you far do. as as far as that, and I mean, honestly, their record is pretty solid. I realized this, though, man, that my lucky socks are really good until championship games, like in tournaments and things like that. And that's really when they count. So I don't know. I need to figure that out. But anyways, yeah, regardless, I know I need to figure that out. The reality is, you know, I didn't have a very like meticulous pregame routine in high school. You didn't. The reality is most people don't really have pregame routines set in stone. They don't really see the importance of it. Peaksports.com released this article talking about the benefits of a pregame routine. And I thought it was pretty interesting. They said this top athletes use a pregame routine that helps reduce distractions, minimize anxiety, and allows them to slowly narrow their focus. Basically, successful athletes use pregame rituals to prepare to compete and enter the competitive mindset that best suits them for optimal performance. When you're focused on your pregame routine, you're not focused on the what ifs, right? Like the strengths of your opponents, past performances and other distractions that generate anxiety, foster fear and create doubts in your ability. Since you can only focus on one thing at a time, especially, I mean, you know, being in high school, being a boy, I mean, multitasking is tough. Paying attention to your pregame routine grounds you in the present. It keeps you relaxed and minimizes distractions. Also, as you move through your warm-up routine, it narrows your focus and moves you into your optimal competitive mindset. So once you finish your warm-up routine, your mind literally sends a signal through your body saying, I'm ready to compete. Let's go. And if all that sounds really good, but you've never really known where to even start with a pregame routine or lucky rituals before a game, We've got a lot of ideas for you now. And these ideas are not just random ideas. They are from Arizona small ball players and coaches. Some of these ideas are really good. Some of these ideas, <laughs> uh, maybe you know, not let, so Let's bad. just talk about that. Before, before, yeah, before we jump into it, let's just admit, some of these responses, guys, for all the listeners out there, I suggest you add these to your pregame or rituals. Adam. You're going to love them. You're going to want to mm. do what they do. Love the sarcasm right there. That's, 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 good. <laughs> that's good. Yeah. You love you the know, sarcasm right there. I'm not going to lie. I missed that a little bit. It's a little late, but some of them are really good. <laughs> so some of them are kind of, you guys will see that they're pretty good. This is a really good one. This was a lot of fun. Let's jump in. We're going to specifically, because we got a bunch of responses from players and from coaches. We're going to start with the players. Obviously, we wouldn't be able to do any of this without you guys. So, you know, we're going to start with you. You guys are the most important people here. One of the the first players that wrote into the show, he said this about his pregame routine. He said, I always <laughs> okay. I'm sorry. I, I gotta stop laughing. Power through it. Power. I'm gonna power, no, you through, power it. through it, coach. All right. 
I always down a five energy before every single game. My teammates always make fun of me for it. Now, this is not the only one that's like this. There was actually another player that wrote into the show. And he said that he downs not a five-hour energy, but a monster. Both of the, well, actually one of these players, you know who you are, you're listening to this. They really requested to remain anonymous because he didn't want his coach to know that he does this before every game. Well, first of all, let's just talk about the heartbeat. His, his he must be, his <laughs> blood must be pumped. He is probably so, both of these players are probably so amped up. They're the juiced. I mean, they're ready to go. Have you ever taken? Do you? Are you an energy drink? No, I am not. I've only drank water. Like in your life? Well, I've had like a Gatorade. So I've never <laughs> had like an energy. Um, have you ever had like a five-hour energy or anything like that? Nope. Okay, so water is my five-hour energy. What I like that water is the only five-hour energy that you need, and it lasts longer than five hours. You know, last night, you know, we went to go play open gym. Yeah. And last night, I didn't tell anybody this, but I wanted to get in the frame of mind as a lot of these kids, and I took a five-hour energy. Coach, that's probably why you were all over the place. On I, I was literally, uh, for, for our listeners, I was literally all over the place. I started off, and I was really sluggish, probably from all the food I had eaten that day from a graduation party, but that's besides the point. And then I got this jolt of energy and I was running all over the place and then I really crashed hard. So, uh, you know, not the best thing to do. There was a player that I played with in high school that he used to down a monster before every single game and he would just sit at the end of the bench. And I mean, the kid was just juiced up, ready to go. And when he would finally get in the game, he would just run laps up and down the court. I mean, it was crazy, man. Maybe not the best pregame routine to have, but hey, thank you guys for writing into the show. Our next Arizona small ball player wrote in. He said this was his pregame routine this past year that he listens. Oh, this is what he said. I listen to Nirvana, Sublime, Red Hot Chili Peppers, anything that can mellow me out before a game. I like that. That's going for a really specific mood. No, yeah, definitely. And I get that. You know, you want to calm the nerves. Make sure you're trying to distract yourself, trying to just like ease into the game. You know, that's like, that's probably one of the things, you know, because if you're so anxious to get in the game, you might make a turnover, a costly turnover. You know, you might just be all over the place. So it's nice to, you know, just kind of be right, nice and relaxed into the warm up, into the game. What was the mood that you would go for before? Like, what was your peak mood that you knew that you played your best at? Uh, well, I played two sports. So in basketball, I liked it when I was just kind of um, mellowed out too. I didn't like to be all like rambunctious or anything like that. But when I played football and stuff like that, my mood it was a different I, story, huh? Yeah, I just yeah, it's not. I like to. I like the nerves and being anxious. You know, just being just getting ready to get on the field and stuff like that. The weirdest thing for me when I used to play football was when like I love to hit and I love like you know obviously you know giving the hits and all this and that. But for some reason, like, as many hits as you've given and you've taken, is there still, like, that nervous, anxious, like, ooh, like, I don't know if, like, they might get me, you know what I'm saying? So it's just, like, I like just being on my toes. That's why I only played flag football. <laughs> yeah, no way, dude. I'm not – I did not want to get hit like that. I remember your warm-up music when you were a senior. Yeah. <laughs> Do you remember what your warm-up music usually yeah, was? Yeah, I used to – yeah, old rap, man, like 80s, 90s rap. <laughs> So me for, for all of our coaches listening and players, you can kind of relate to this. We know it's kind of hard when you're thinking about warm-up music and what's appropriate, what's not appropriate, right? Coaches have something that they like. 
players have things that they like, and it's usually different. I vividly remember Reyes's senior year walking into the gym when they were warming up, and there was some old school Tupac and Biggie going on. And I remember one of our assistant coaches, shout out to you, Coach Hudson, he leaned over to me and said, gosh, I feel like we're about to go do a drive-by or something. And we're all just running around. And I was like, what is going on with this music right now? Oh, you got to love it. You got to love it. So definitely a little different. I'm a big Red Hot Chili Peppers fan. You know, for, for this uh, athlete who wrote into the show, you're not alone. There's a lot of NBA players that also do that. Uh, I was looking it up. Victor Oladipo listens to Rascal Flats at times, which I don't understand mm-hmm. how you can do that to actually get fired up for a game. But whatever. Uh, me personally, when I was in high school, I used to listen to a lot of jock jams. I, I used to find that being <laughs> pretty entertaining, and that really helped me out. No, I agree. You know, I get it. You know, it's like we all have our to each their own. I always like to say that. I probably said that like a hundred times on this on this podcast. To each their own. You know, whatever gets you going, like that's what gets you going. That's why this next small ball player was really interesting in what he said. And it's kind of <laughs> let's just get into it. He said, "If we win the following, if we win the following game, I make sure to wash everything I was wearing." the night before or that game previous. And I usually wear the same outfit until we lose again. <laughs> at, at least he washes it, man. Well, that's a thing. Cause you know, we, I, back when I was in high school and stuff like that, when I was an underclassman, I knew some seniors. I don't recommend this. I thought it was kind of just, yeah, but like they wouldn't like wash their game jerseys. They just wouldn't like in football and stuff like that because it was like oh man, and football's worse, man. I feel it's so disgusting. It was so disgusting, so I don't recommend that. So shout out to this small ball player for at least taking the time to wash his clothes, his jerseys, his uniform, everything. (laughs) But are you are you that superstitious? I'm not, but that's that's what I'm trying to wonder about this small ball player. It's kind of interesting, you know, like to think that just because you want a game in that saying you know underwear undershirt with socks <laughs> you know you think that's going to carry on to the next game maybe so, it's from back to back but yeah, I'm, I'm telling you i am that superstitious and you know our, our head coach we'll talk about him a couple times i'm sure during this episode but he's kind of like that too where you know we go to a tournament and we win and it's like hey i'm wearing my same socks that i wore yesterday or i'm wearing my coach's jacket or i wasn't wearing my coach's jacket yesterday so i'm not wearing it today you know it's just how it is but man shout outs to you you at least washed it because i know a lot of kids who i also know somebody who wouldn't wash theirs and, and that's kind of rough that really hurts it's the whole a, team yeah it's a, it hurts the team at a whole and we're not trying to do that we're trying to uplift our team so shout out to you exactly for washing next this small ball player, this one's actually all right. You know, I'm not mad about this. It's kind of simple. I like it. He says, I eat a strawberry uncrustable before every game. Those things are so good for pregame. I love <laughs> uncrustables. I think they're really good. Well, as I'm saying, there's not really much to talk about this one because, you know, it's a pregame snack, pregame meal, whatever you want to call it. It gets them going, puts them in the right mood. It's great, you know. What was your go-to pregame meal? I mean, I already talked about. Wait, you was a Rice Krispie, huh? You already said that. Just for an away game and stuff like that. Why won't you admit that I saw you at Bash's one time and you were buying a full rotisserie chicken and it was right before a game? Coach, you're going to keep pushing the story. (laughs) It's the truth. Believe that I was getting a full rotisserie chicken when it was, in fact, only three chicken strips. (sighs) I'm going to get it out of you at some point. 
Maybe. But, you know, shouts out to you. You know what I'm saying? A strawberry and crystal, you can never go wrong with that. You know what I'm saying? So I like that. I'm not mad about that at all. Coaches, I know that you can probably relate to this, but I'm sure that you have had kids that have eaten a meal, a pregame meal that was not a good pregame meal, and it affected their performance. We had that a few years ago where we were playing at this tournament. I think it was actually – it was I think it was the PCD tournament, and I think you were a part of this too, man, where you guys went to go eat at a Mexican food restaurant right before a game. But I think you guys played really well after that. I don't think it was us. I think it was the year after. Was it? Okay. Well, whoever it was, yeah. uh, they went to eat at this Mexican food restaurant, and and coaches, it, it's one of those things where, you know, you, you watch your kids eat this food, and you're thinking in the back of your head, we're going to lose by 40. Like, why am I letting this happen? You know, and they went out and actually played really good. So that's that pretty shocking. It's pretty interesting. That is pretty shocking. Okay. Our next player wrote into the show and he said this for his pregame routine. I shower, I pray the rosary and tap my tattoo for my mom's three times. And I eat at my favorite place in town, Burger House and Globe. And I also watch some film. I like that. That's not Sentimental. bad. You know, Sentimental. It's, I like that, you know. You always got to show love to the favorite woman, you know? And something I do want to emphasize, we've been kind of talking about this lighthearted, but I do think when you're forming a pregame routine, it's not that it has to be something like outstanding or miraculous, but but those little things like, like this athlete tapping his tattoo, it can seem like something really small, but it really lets your mind know that you're getting ready to play. Another athlete wrote in, and we're not going to really talk about it too much, but he said that, you know, before every single game at the jump ball, he jumps up and he tucks his uh, knees up to his chest as, as high as he can. And that that's just something mm. little, but it kind of, you know, think about Dwayne Wade uh, when he would go up to the rim and do those pull-ups. You know, those are little things that kind of tells your mind and your body it's time to play, you know, and, and I like that. It's yeah, just pretty it's simple, and it's something that you do. Now, before we move on, though, can we just point out he put, I shower? Well, I hope you would shower. <laughs> you know, I, I think we just talk about or think that that's like a given, but I guess it's not always a given, but, you know. I guess I never – never I guess I didn't normally shower before games. Oh, yeah, before a game. That's right, huh? That's right. I thought just he was talking about in general. I was like, well, I'd hope you shower. You know, you go to school. So. No, he does. I'm, I'm sure he does. We're going to give him the benefit of the doubt. He definitely showers. We will. I agree. Okay, our next player wrote into the show. He said this for his pregame routine. I talked to no one about two hours before the game to dial myself in and get focused on the game. And all the guys I play with know I don't talk two hours before the game. So they really don't try to talk to me. And I just listen to music and focus on the task at hand. I wear the same clothes for every game because I am superstitious. I love how he just admitted there at the end because I am superstitious. Well, he's really, he's being transparent right there, coach. And that's one thing I really love about this player. Two hours before a game, though, no communication with your friends. <laughs> that's like, intense, man. That's really that's, you, you are in the zone. You're telling me you're in the zone two hours before the game. Coach, I think that's during the JV game. That's like the best time to be with your friends. Is when hey, you're, you're, you're right. You're right. But, you know, like it's like what you said, you know, to each their own, whatever it is you got to do to lock in, man. I, I get it. You know, I'm just happy he admitted he's superstition. I love it. Were you like that before games, not talking to anybody? Uh, coach, I think you know me a fair amount. You know that I did not mind talking to anybody. I love talking. <laughs> you were definitely a lot more loose, huh? I was, I was a lot more loose, you know, and that's one thing that I've realized just, you know, growing up and just 
you know, continue with his life. You know what I'm saying? Like, I just love talking to people. I love communicating. That's another why I'm, you know, college, the degree I'm going for and stuff like that. And building more connections. Like, it's just great. I just love communicating with people and getting to know everybody. Yeah. And, you know, the, the awesome thing and the fun thing about all this stuff is, you know, neither one of those is right. It's just what's right for you. And exactly. Um, you know, everybody is different. Everybody prepares for a game differently. Uh, you know, a couple, I guess now it's like a month ago or so we had a uh, coach Freeman on the show and he said something about one of his players that before the game, he's always kind of jumping and messing around and kind of laughing and he's really lighthearted. So you never really know if he's ready to play or not. But then when the when the ball gets tipped up, you know, like he's a dog and he just starts playing. You know, our challenge as coaches is figuring out how do you get your team and, and like your specific players, how do you get your specific players as comfortable as possible to compete at the highest level? And that, that's what's kind of hard, you know. But, you know, wow. it, it's nice when the kids figure it out for themselves. No, I agree with you. I and mean, like, that just kind of goes, like, let alone with our players, coach. I mean, you know, one of our best players, he's an interest. He's really quiet. He's a really introverted person, mm, you know. Mm-hmm. But you don't really see – he's just kind of like – the game just comes to him, you know what I'm saying? And it's kind of cliche to say I know, but if you ever seen this kid play, like, you would understand, like, what I mean. Like, you see him on the – when we come for away games, he doesn't, he does nothing spectacular. He just sits there and just he's just quiet. Well, he still talks with his friends and everything, but he's just quiet. Super the silent cool. assassin, man. He's got a lot of swagger, too. I love, I love it. Tough kid, man. You know, he'll be making some noise this coming year. Anyways, enough about that. Let's move on. So one kid, and this this one is interesting. This small ball player said, my pregame routine slash ritual is washing my hands, and I use the same amount of soap the same amount of paper towels and wash them in the same order. What are your thoughts on that? What happens when there's no soap? That's what I was about to ask. <laughs> sometimes, let's just say we're from a small school, small school, sometimes <laughs> on a budget. We maybe, couldn't afford soap for the month, you know? So maybe the custodian just for, so happened to forget to replace the soap. What are you going to do? Yeah, I, that's tough. I, I, you know, maybe he walks around with some personal soap or whatever. I don't know, but that's that's definitely interesting. Whatever you got to do, your pregame routine. I mean, there you go. There's his. Well, that's what I was trying to figure out too. You know what I'm saying? Because he says the same amount of soap for the same amount of paper towels. So is that per squirt? You get one <laughs> squirt, one paper towel, or is it two squirts, two paper towels? You know, what maybe I mean? you it's down. About- maybe it's down to a science. You know, three squirts, two and a half squirts. Maybe, maybe he could get like a travel size and he has it. So that way he knows exactly how many, you know, I don't even know what the term is, not, not liters, because that's a ridiculous amount of soap, but you know what I mean? And then he the just- The amount of foam. Know. Let's just say foam. The, the amount of foam, yeah. You know, foam, yeah. There, there's a pregame ritual that no one mentioned, which I have come to realize is true at every level. And it also includes the bathroom. Um, it's the the pregame dump and that's true I remember when I was in high school that was a big thing that we did and oh gosh I hope my wife is not listening to this part because she would be very embarrassed if she heard me even mention something like this but uh, Jenny if you're listening I'm really sorry but uh, you know when I went to college I remember you know a couple like some of the best players that were on the team 
I went to the bathroom to take like a pregame and I was like, okay, I got to do that. You know, like that's what I used to do in high school. And it was like my sophomore year. It was my first year on the team. And I remember going to the bathroom and some of those players were in there and they were like, you here to take a pregame? And I was like, uh, yeah. And they were like, all right, us too. And I was like, dang, man, what the heck? Like, I just, I didn't think that college players did that too. I'm curious if NBA players do it. I'm sure they do. Oh, that's interesting. I know at the professional, I'm pretty sure. We just need to have one of the NBA players on the show and he can talk to us about it. Just about that, a whole show about that specific thing. Just that specific, I love it, coach. You know, that's our next segment, guys. Check it out. <laughs> um, this small ball player said, we always pray before and we have our championship ball, which we will all put our hands on, say something like, this game, I won't have a turnover. And we each have to say something different and compete and complete whatever you said. Now, so that, I like that, you know what I'm saying? Because not only is it a pregame routine, this kid, whoever wrote it in, sounds like a leader. He seems like he's like the leader on the team. And so he's giving everybody a task, their role, you know, what their goal for the game, you know what I'm saying? Like I said, um, no turnovers in this game. I'm going to get this many assists, you know what I'm saying? What if the kid says, I'm going to hold this player to this many points. I'm going to get this many stops on defense, you know what I'm saying? So that's one thing I really like about that. I'm going to buy this school some more soap because they need it. <laughs> yeah, I, I really like this a lot. I've never heard this, you know. Uh, I, I think that's really cool. Uh, if I wish that – yeah, I, I wish I would have done something like this in high school because uh, when I was in high school, pretty much the extent of things was go fight win, you know. So this is really cool, and I like it. No, I like it too. You know, shout out to you for that because that's really cool and interesting. You know, who knows? People are listening – you might throw this into your routine now, you know, coaches be on the listen for that, you know, athletes. If you're listening to this, hopefully this at least gets you thinking there's a lot of value to having a pregame routine, no matter how big or how small it is. It's really, really healthy, good thing for you to, to develop in sports. Also just in life. Like it's just really good to have a set way that you do things. It just helps your mind get ready. We're going to jump into the coaches because we've got some great coaches input. Uh, but before we do check this out, Man, the coaches and your responses from Arizona Small Ball has been super fun. It's been kind of cool to see how you guys do things. And, and, you know, again, hopefully it gives other coaches ideas as well. These are what some of the coaches wrote into the show that talked about what their pregame routines were like and also what some of their lucky, lucky rituals were. Now, here's the first one. A coach wrote in and said this. The only thing that I do is before each game, I eat at a fast food restaurant. If we win, then I have to eat at the same place the next game. If we lose, then I must go to a different restaurant. What do you think about that one? Coach, I love that because it reminds me a little bit of us. If we're being completely honest now, think about that. On, on the low, when we travel, you know, when we come down to the Valley and we do win, we're like, oh, we got to go here. Mm-hmm. You know, we got to go to this specific restaurant or this specific fast food joint. And we go there, we bring the team there. It's a great time. It's fun. But if we lose, we're like, well, we don't want to go there now. We have to go somewhere else. So it's kind of weird that, like, that similarity right there, you know what I'm saying? So I like that. It's kind of funny, though, because, you know, if you're a winning coach and you go undefeated and your favorite restaurant's McDonald's, boy, oh, boy, enjoy that. Man, you better watch the pounds, too, man. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> what so in this scenario you're potentially looking at eating at the same restaurant two times in a day what would be the best fast food place for you to eat at two times in a day two times in a day e that's tough 
I, I would say you couldn't go like fast food restaurant. I would say Chick-fil-A, Cane's, you know. Those are the exact two restaurants that I have typed up in my notes. Cane's and Chick-fil-A. Can you imagine having those two times a day? I honestly could go with McDonald's too, though. I love McDonald's. I, I could too, but I just didn't want to sound a little chubby. I'm just being honest. I didn't want to sound like that. But <laughs> Jenny, once again, if you're listening to this, I'm sorry. I do like McDonald's. You know that, but you know, I, I don't eat there very often, so it's all good. But Canes and Chick-fil-A, I really like this ritual, this pregame routine. It's a lot of fun. You could also get caught in a weird cycle where you're eating food that you don't like because I get there in the first place if you don't like it. But I don't know. You could get if you keep winning, you know. Yeah, but if you're going through a slump, say, let's just say, like, it's just a rocky season. I know, it's true. Trying new food, I get it. You know, you're opening your taste buds to something new. Or if you don't <laughs> like it, then you're just even more sad. Right. Yeah, our <laughs> next coach wrote into the show. He said this uh, for his uh, for his pregame uh, routine. He said, I do think I have to be with the team to run certain drills as it will bring us a victory. And, and I'm assuming that this is talking about in the warm-ups. There's some different types of That's what uh, I'm saying. yeah. There's some different types of like stereotypes and coaches and warmups. Coaches, think about this. Which one are you? Some coaches are in the warmups, hyping their kids up like crazy. You know, fouling their kids and mm-hmm. clapping and like, hey, let's go, let's go. Others, they're just kind of talking to the other coach. Other coaches are just sitting on the bench, getting focused and just watching the other team shoot around and warm up. Uh, I, I don't know what which one you would be Reyes uh, I don't know which one you are when you're coaching club I'm a little bit of both you know I like hanging on the side you know obviously you know I, I like meeting new people so I'm always introducing myself to other coaches but then after I introduce myself I don't like just standing there because then I get bored you know so I just like you know what I'm just gonna get my team hyped up I'm just gonna make sure they're focused locked in make sure they know their roles what they're gonna do this is the first play we're gonna run out stuff like that what defense we're in how we're gonna talk you know especially because we have some we had to bring up some freshmen, you know what I'm saying? So we just got to make sure that they're locked in, dialed in, know their roles and what mm. they're going to do to help us win. Right. I feel like I would talk to the other coach. Oh, and I think I would be the, the coach who talks to the other coach, unless I didn't like the other coach, and then I would just be hyping up. And that's probably how most people are. But, but That's pretty yeah, much how most people are. But, like, club's a different animal only because, you know, you just have those – club coaches that you know i'm not trying to hate on anybody you know i'm saying no disrespect to anybody but you just have some of those coaches that are just like they think their programs like elite because they have elite in their name (laughs) but then you look at the pool play and you're like well something's a little missing here but then they're too good to talk to you you know what i'm saying so hey you know i'm open arms to anybody you know we ever bump in please give me a hi i love saying hi i want to get to know you But um, <laughs> sorry, I had to laugh a little. That's kind of funny. Just you know, you've seen those like club teams that say elite, but then that's one of my yeah. favorite. I think that's hilarious when it cracks me up. Or supreme or something like that, you know. But hey, anyways, moving <laughs> on. This club, uh, not this club coach. This <laughs> we had two coaches wrote in, and it's pretty much the same thing. And they kind of go hand in hand. They're they're different, but like I said, they go hand in hand. So the first off, this one said luck question mark there is no luck just preparation and faith <laughs> and i was at my first thought about like, okay well hey he doesn't believe in luck at all he's just like if it happens it happens you know god's will as we should put it i for, like for those of you who and i guess none of you know this but that is actually coming from the legendary coach b 
uh, I, I asked him, I said, what is, uh, do you have any lucky rituals that you used to do when you were coaching an Arizona small ball? And he just said, luck, there's no luck, just preparation and fate. And that's just classic. I'm hyping him up and I'm building him up because I know he's going to be on the show one day and I want you guys to know, kind of have some background on him, but that's from him. That was me. Great content. I love it. Now with that, like I said, this next coach, his response goes hand in hand with the previous coach. This coach said, luck is proper preparation meeting opportunity. I love that. It's good. I agree with both of these. You know, they're, they're really great. And I think every coach and player would, I mean, maybe most players, but I think every coach would agree with this, that, you know, you can't just rely, like for me, I can't just rely on my lucky socks. Sadly, you got to have some preparation there behind it. Yeah. Unless you're LeBron James and you huck up the three and then you supposedly you see three rims. So you go for the middle <laughs> one. You're telling me that's just preparation and fate. It's just fate, you man. You think that's proper preparation, meeting opportunity, or is that luck? I don't even know, man. Who who knows? You, you know, I for, for our listeners, I do like LeBron. I don't love everything about him, but I've always been a big LeBron fan ever since I was in high school. But they posted this. The, there was a meme that was shared that was pretty funny, and it showed how long it took specific players to get up from injuries, and it showed, like, he, he took longer to get up from his eye poke than a bunch of other players did for, like, ACL tear or whatever. I thought that was pretty funny. Yeah, an MLB player. Uh, I forgot his name already. I forgot what team it was, but it's all over ESPN. I'm pretty sure you guys have seen it, for those listening. He took, like, a 97-mile fastball to the face. Oh, my God. That's not funny. Got, I don't know why I'm laughing. That's crazy. Got, <laughs> got up in 35 seconds. LeBron <laughs> took 80 seconds to get up from an eye poke. <laughs> that should tell you something, guys. Like I said, I do like LeBron. I've always been a LeBron fan, but I just thought that was funny. No, I thought it was funny too. I agree with you. I'm not. I'm not knocking it. It's just. It's just interesting. Let's just say, interesting. Interesting is a, is a common word that we're using in this episode. Okay, our next coach wrote into the show, and he said this. I love this. This is awesome because we can kind of relate to this one as well. Probably all of us can relate to to all of these in in one way or another. He said this. I would say before every game. Our boys get themselves hyped by blasting their music in the locker room and dancing around. They have some of the most diverse music choices. We do have a kid on our team, and here's the kicker, that makes music, and they play his music at times. His name is Jared the Finesse Kid, and that usually puts a smile on his face and gets the team hyped as well. The the second thing is before tip-off, we all have to fist bump each other, every single player and coach. It's just something we've been doing for years, and it does seem like if we don't, that's usually a bad game for us. Jared, the finesse kid, I want you to know, I looked at you. You gained a recent follower on SoundCloud. I don't know if you saw that or not, but that is me showing you some love. I want everybody to just check out this song from Jared, the finesse kid. Diamonds is blue, cold like I caught me a flu. My ring. Jared the finesse kid, that's us showing you some love. Your your song actually, there's a couple of them that I was I was kind of down with, so I could see how some kids could get hyped up with. Uh, Reyes, you you gotta you gotta check him out. Jared the finesse no, kid. I, I will give it a listen. Do you remember a few years ago when one of our players had a SoundCloud? I do. That was rough. Uh, that, that was, was really rough. rough. And and that's- I mean, yeah, Jared the finesse kid. Uh, you know, coach that wrote into the show. I'm just telling you, like, this kid is way better than the kid that we had. It was, I mean, listening to it in the back of the in the bus, I was like, wow, man, this is this is rough. 
this is rough. You know what I'm saying? Hopefully you got a new career change. Hopefully he put some sense into himself. You know, you never know. Hopefully. Um, yeah, hopefully. Anyways, moving on. This next coach, he put lucky ritual we do is we, we shoot half-court shots at practice the day before the game. Players and coaches get two shots. We keep track for the season. I like that. It's just a little bit of team bonding right there between the coach and the player. You know what I'm saying? It's fun. You know, after practice, that's a really hard practice. Really good. You know, you get some great stuff out of it. And then to finish it, before the game, you shoot some half courts. Who knows? Maybe that game comes to the wire and your kid is just ready to knock down the half court shot. And it pays off, right? I mean, who, who knows? It, it could potentially pay off. I, I really like this because I think it goes back to what we talked about earlier that everybody gets ready for games differently. And some people play best when they're relaxed. Some people play best when they're loose. Some people play best when they're just really focused. And it really makes me think of a, a few years ago, uh, we went to go play in uh, the playoffs and we're playing against Scottsdale Christian. And do you remember when we got there in the morning at Prescott, uh, Scottsdale Christian you know, they've been there before. They were, you know, they were all sitting on the bench and they were all super quiet. And they were focused that. and locked in. And our kids, you know, a lot of our kids were just younger and we had never really been in a situation like that before. So we walked in and we go to the bench and, you know, our head coach, who is the GOAT, by the way, uh, he was the one who really recognized early on in the season that our kids perform better when they're loose and when we can get them to laugh a little bit. So it was kind of funny the two different teams, again, none of, neither was right or wrong, just tailored to the team. But I forget, but we started kind of cracking jokes and our kids started laughing and their whole demeanor changed because when we first went in, they were nervous and they saw Scottsdale Christian there and, you know, they just were all quiet and focused and it was kind of intimidating for them. And then, you know, they all got loosened up and we we're all kind of joking around and it really helped us play a lot better, I think. So I really like this a lot. This is a, a coach who knows his team, knows his program, and, and I really like that. Where do you think the record is between the coaches and players? Oh, man. I, coaches are kind of sneaky good at half-court shots. Let's just say, so we got to think about this. So it was a shortened season. How many games did we get? 18, 20? Mm-hmm, 18, 20. So you know what times that? So what? So the record is either, you know, between 20, so 0 and 20, whatever. What do you think the record is? Oh, I got, man, that'd, be, that'd be rough if you didn't. I got coaches, obviously, you know, being a coach, you know, I'm going to ride for us, you know. So I got the coaches 12 to 8. Yeah, I just – I think the coaches are just sneaky good at half-court shots. Coaches, you know this. Like, you might have an assistant coach who is – maybe basketball is not their sport or whatever, but they run in and they just can sink some half-court. It's, it's kind of weird like that. And I feel like players are not very good at half-court shots. For some reason, but you know what? They talk a big game. They always say, hey, coach, watch me hit this half-court shot. And then he goes over the backboard. Oh, we, we have seen that way too many times. We actually, a few years ago, we had a kid. Remember when we, whenever we'd go in for the huddle, he always wanted to shoot a half-court shot? Always wanted to. And it was the funniest thing. Our head coach, again, the GOAT, was like, hey, you can shoot a half-court shot when we come into the huddle, but just know that if you miss it, we're all running suicides. I love And this it. kid was so confident in himself. He was like, you know what? I'm fine. So he shot it. He missed it. We went and ran to suicide, and we're laughing. You know, we thought it was hilarious. We come back to the middle, and then our coach just hands it out to him again, and he takes it, and he shoots it again, and he misses it. We run another suicide, and the whole time he's running the suicide, I could just see him mouthing, like, man, just one more time. I get one more time. We finally come back, and our coach hands the ball out again. 
<laughs> and then all the players just tackle this one kid and like, dude, stop shooting the ball. It was a lot of fun. Half court shots are great. And then he said, I can make it. I swear, guys. It's <laughs> so funny. He could not. But he's a great shooter, though. We'll say that. Even one-handed, he's a great shooter. Indeed. All right, and our last one that we really wanted to end with, with, uh, with Coach Scotty out of Northland Pioneer College. Uh, we wanted to highlight him. This is what he wrote into the show and said that his pregame routine was. Pregame routine, we always meditate. This is something that I've never really experienced with much, but after reading this, I'm definitely going to think about it. No pun intended. <laughs> pregame routine, we always meditate. Do mindfulness and visualization. Start with inhaling for 10 seconds holding for 10 seconds, and exhaling for 10 seconds. Everyone is at a comfortable spot where they're lying down on the floor. We start with relaxing the tip of their head, and we move through all the parts of their body as they visualize what that part is going to do. For example, the eyes are going to see their open teammates. Their legs are going to be able to run the court. Then I leave the locker room as they do the 10, 10, and 10 three more times, and then tell them to open their eyes when they're ready. When they're visualized doing their job, when they're ready to fulfill their purpose, and then it's up to the captains to pull them together and get them out on the court. I've never really tried all this meditation stuff. What do you think about that? I think it's actually kind of interesting, you know what I'm saying? Because that's actually legitimately like um, releasing the nerves and the anxiousness, you know what I'm saying? Like you're putting yourself at a balanced mindset to where you're just focus, you're just focusing in at the task at hand. And I feel like with meditation, stuff like that, for each individual player, you're just kind of able to zone in on just your role. And obviously, you know, basketball is a team sport, but, like, making sure you're able to handle your role. So, and like, once your role is covered, you can help out your other teammates. I think that just gives you a greater advantage. So I like that, honestly. I really like it. I think the reason that I've strayed away from it is because I just feel like kids laugh when you tell them to sit and be quiet which we, we've definitely experienced. But yeah. I think it's really cool. It's honestly some Phil Jackson stuff. If you guys, which I know a lot of you, if you're listening to this, the, the chances that you did not watch The Last Dance are very slim. You know, that's actually a Phil Jackson thing. It was really started by this guy. His name was like John Zinn or something like that. He revolutionized meditation in like the 1970s. I was reading up on this earlier today, so I thought it was interesting. He gave, so the way that it all got to Phil Jackson is he gave a seminar about how it's helpful to people like meditation and talked about athletics as well. One of his most famous success stories was this uh, standout high school athlete, George Mumford. He was awesome. He was legit, but then he got involved in drugs and he really had a hard life. And then this meditation stuff really helped him out. He was so impacted by it that he taught meditation and inner focus. And, and he was giving the seminar thing and Phil Jackson's wife was in the audience listening to it. And Phil Jackson had spent years studying like Buddhism and Native American, like spirituality. He was a really devoted like meditator. He could not get Jordan and Pippen and his other players to really like fully buy into the meditation stuff. Mm -hmm. His wife listened to this and she thought like, okay, well maybe Mumford, this guy, this standout high school athlete who is now teaching meditation could help with this. Mumford spent the next five years working with the Bulls frequently sitting behind the bench as they won three more championships. In 1999, Mumford followed Phil Jackson to the Lakers, where he helped Kobe Bryant turn into an outspoken adherent of meditation. Or the last year, as Jackson began rebuilding the 
like the whole makeup of the New York Knicks, like his last year coaching, Mumford even went on to help him there. So whatever he did was working and it really was, I mean, it's effective. I mean, Michael Jordan, Pippen, Kobe Bryant championships. I mean, Imagine. I mean, Imagine. I know you, you can't argue with the results. So I think it's really cool that he's doing this and I need to try to start doing this because it, it's obviously working. No, I agree, coach. Totally. That is is really what we wanted to end with. And we wanted to highlight that uh, with Coach Scotty. And honestly, all of you guys riding into the show and telling us what your pregame routines are, what your lucky rituals are, like that is so cool. And thank you guys for doing that. Without you guys, it wouldn't have been possible. It is really, really valuable to have a pregame routine set in place. Hopefully this gets you guys thinking about it a little bit and maybe gives you some new ideas. And before we end the show, we just actually have some questions for you guys. If you can write in, we'd like to know where your favorite place to eat at is, whatever restaurant it is. We, you know, whatever your hometown restaurant is, we'd love to know. So please write us in at azsmallballpod at gmail.com. Write us in at, at smallballpodaz on Twitter, Instagram at Arizona underscore smallball underscore podcast. Please write us in. We'd love to know your uh, responses. Thank you guys so much for tuning into the show. You can give us a, a follow on Instagram, Twitter, just like what Reyes was saying. Um, make sure you hop on Apple Podcasts. If you guys are listening to us every week, you know, you're rolling with us, you like what we do, man, hit subscribe, you know, uh, write a review, uh, give us a rating. All that stuff helps us so much. We appreciate you guys tuning in and supporting Arizona Small Ball, and we'll catch you next week.